When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Fridays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A lot to get into today. How will Husker Baseball fare in their double dip? We'll get some MLB thoughts from Jabba Chamberlain along with thoughts around the diamond from Haymarket with Jabba. That's coming up this hour. Pride of Fairbury back. NBC Sports Bill Dolman uh, will stream with us at uh, 5 o'clock and Lots of room for you. Some Oscar football to get into with some uh, pass rushing thoughts off the edge. couple of names that had good springs we'll talk about. Uh, we'll get there in a bit. Uh, also, uh, Jackie Robinson Day. And, oh, yes, some NFL drama to uh, decipher. Numbers to dial up, 5865 can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com or uh, find us on twitter at schmidt underscore radio chris schmidt at herbal essence for elijah herbal so i I need to know a little more about the bet going on with our friends the morning hookup uh will and hooksy because is that what is that a 20 there's a 20 dollar bill on the line for the I, i believe it's the padres game tonight okay padres play the Braves. Okay. So, and, and Hooks is a big ATL guy. Yeah, so if the Braves beat the Padres, that $20 is uh, Hooksies. What if the 20 just disappears and they got to come collect? Well, I was looking at it. I'm like, that thing, does not, it's not locked up or anything. It just no, I mean, there, it's just like, there's a lot of trust in this, in this studio right now. I mean, who's to say I just don't put the 20 in the offering plate around 630? Well, I was going to say, who's to say I'm not taking that $20 to the bar tonight? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought offering plates since it's Good Friday. Elijah's like, it's a lot of it's a lot of G&T, baby, uh, for you. So uh, on the topic of, of resurrection, it'll be uh, pretty prevalent this weekend. Really good story with Mitch Sherman and the athletic as uh, there's a profile with, with a number of college football teams that have fallen off, right? And, and Nebraska's in that list. Uh, Bill Dolman will have some thoughts on it. And uh, Mitch does a great job of kind of recounting Nebraska's descent and all the wi- the twists and turns and, and winds of that road down to what was three and nine last year, what has been five years without a bowl game for Nebraska, what has been 20-plus years without a conference championship, and what has been uh, many years, you had to go back to the 06 season for a New Year's Day bowl appearance uh, with that Cotton Bowl 
game that our old buddy uh, Jay Moore was in against Auburn, right? If we're talking New Year's Day six type setups, it's not been a trip to, to Tempe for the Fiesta Bowl. It's been no Orange Bowl in Miami. It's not been the Cotton Bowl or even the Sugar Bowl or the, the Gator Bowl, right? Or I mean, some of the, the periphery bowls that are pretty good that you'll always see a second or third place Big Ten team taking on an, an SEC team, right? So you don't get it done if you're Wisconsin or Iowa. Well, well you're going to take somebody on pretty good down in Orlando a lot of times, the old Citrus Bowl, right? So um, the, 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 for, for years, it was the, uh, the Holiday Bowl. <laughs> the, you know, okay, that's your consolation. Or even the Alamo Bowl. You'd love that uh, this upcoming season. I'm not quite sure if the bowl tie-ins work that way anymore with the uh, the holiday and the Alamo Bowl, but you get my drift, something along those lines. You're not going to be picky this year. Detroit sounds great in December. I kind of kid, but but not really. But when, I talk, when we talk about teams that have fallen off, Virginia Tech's never really been what they were under Michael Vick and Frank Beamer. Uh, UCLA has been a far cry from what Terry Donahue had them doing in the 1980s. Arkansas has been a mess except for the Harley Rider, uh, his short window in Arkansas. They've really struggled. I mean, they had a, a little cup of coffee with Houston Nutt, and, uh, and, and then things have not been good. They, they had a more respectable year this year. They, no, they, they looked good. I think they finished at, what, 9-3, and three, maybe 8-4? and four? Arkansas was good. Yeah. yeah, I mean they 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 have enough talent there, but it's taken them forever to get footing in the SEC, right? I mean they they jumped from the Southwestern Conference. The the old joke is, well, what's the difference between the Southwestern Conference and and the SEC? And well, you, you play Texas every week mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just towards the end of the year. Texas Tech's never been the same since the Pirate. Mike Leach uh, was leading them to, to high rankings and bowl games and eight or nine wins. But uh, the the title of Mitch's story here, uh, despite 20 years of frustration, Nebraska faithful believe that the N will rise again. So let's kind of define for a moment what, what does rise mean to you as a Nebraska fan. And rise to me has will always mean a national championship, okay? That's just my era. That's what I grew up watching. It's not my expectation. But if we're going to talk about rising up again, it is playing for a championship. I think things are different. I think the league is different. I think there's a lot of teams that have caught up to Nebraska when it comes to facilities. Uh, Nebraska just has had a hard time following the Osborne Act, and that is because of his greatness and how good he he is at being a head coach and, and, and winning 255 games in, 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 uh, in 25 years. You do that division, you're, you're cranking out 10 a year. And a, well, normal year was 9-3, and three, and, and that hasn't been good enough for all that have followed because they never got over the hump. Solich played for a title, and then it went south. Uh, you had a change in, in administrative leadership. That's That's been the constant uh, for Nebraska. That's been their own doing and their own roadblock. 
and it seems to to stabilize right now with Trev Alberts. Not even a year on the gig, but Trev's had to sift through a lot of garbage, man, and he seems pretty poised to to be okay. He's not Icorse, thank God. He's not Smiley, thank God. And and he's not the Moose. We all got a kick out of the Moose, but the Moose was an absentee landlord. All right? So what do you have right now? You've got a guy in Trev Alberts who wants things done a certain way and understands what that way yields. That way yields a tough football team. That way yields development. That way yields taking care of student athletes. Can do so with NIL, but from an academic standpoint, you may not go play pro ball, but guess what? You'll use the degree for the rest of your life and have success outside of football. But above all, it's it's more of a, a commitment and an understanding of, of the, the sacrifice it'll take to be great again. And Nebraska, I think, is, is back to that understanding from a coaching standpoint. Scott Frost has always understood that. Uh, I think guys that have been a part of the Nebraska football program or, or have coached or played under it really get it as well. And I'm talking about Mickey and, and Bill Bush, just a couple of examples. And a guy cut from a similar cloth uh, that could have survived and thrived in Lincoln's, a guy like Chenander, a guy like Dawson, a guy like Travis Fisher. I mean, I, I really do believe this coaching staff will be the difference when it comes to, all right, finding talent, finding local talent, developing said talent, and then figuring out on game day through those four quarters how to, to make all the right chess moves and win. you got to go get great players, but Nebraska's secret sauce was developing some guys that were pretty good and being right with the projection, and they turned into great players by the time all things were done. But Nebraska's been in their own way a lot of times, and when we talk about you know rising back up, uh, to me, that is competing. That is being in the thick of the race and, and understanding. And from a fan base standpoint, it, it's been so long and it's been so hard for Nebraska to, to be on that doorstep, right? I mean, it, it's gone the other way, four and eight, three and nine, five and seven. It's not magically just going to snap and go nine and three. Maybe, maybe. Maybe the way back is it needs to be a seven and five or something along those lines this year, but then continue to move the right direction following that. So you got to be in 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 the neighborhood of that seven eight nine win each year. And I think Elijah, am I wrong? But hey, win the win the West two out of every five years, right? Get to a Big Ten title game one out of every four or five years. Have that type of cycle that's going. Is is money as Wisconsin's been, Brandon Vogel nailed it. They've only been one to one Big Ten title game in the last five years. Northwestern's done it twice and Iowa got there. And then of course you had Wisconsin. Uh they they went as well. I mean they had golden opportunities. Nobody from the West when it gets down to winning time in Indy, has beaten the, the, the East. Uh, there's been some, some competitive games. There's been some games where they weren't cakewalks. 
there's been nuclear attacks as well by Ohio State to, to prove a point and get better playoff positioning as well. So uh, it, it's up to Nebraska, but uh, you know, be competitive in big games, win some big games home and away, do well in your non-conference, win at home first and foremost, and, and just get to a bowl game and then start stacking that. And Nebraska's got an opportunity to do it this year and beyond. But, you know, you just wonder uh, with with Frost's future. And, and I, I believe this. If they're competitive and they get to postseason, say it is even a 6-6, six and six, or God forbid you're 6-7 and seven after a bowl game and a bowl loss, I don't know that you make changes just because you just brought a lot of good people that are good coaches onto this new staff. Don't make the same mistake if it looks like it's going in the right direction uh, in the form of winning and and make a change a la 2003 where you had a new staff with Pallady and, and, and Marvin and some of those guys that maybe they were poised for a jump. Don't blow out Bo, whether you love him or hate him, at 9-4 and four with all that was coming back for 2015. I mean, th- there's just some, some moves Nebraska's made that is – uh, really hampered itself, and then it's been a, a cumulative effect here the last two decades. And, and that brings up an interesting point, and I'm sure it's a, a topic we'll be getting into uh, over the next couple of months. But the, the the question is 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 what would Nebraska fans consider a successful 2022, and and what would be good enough to to keep Scott Frost as head coach in Nebraska? And are those two the same things? And I mean, that's probably a conversation for another day in terms of. Uh, what Nebraska can do in 2022, but looking towards the future, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Two out of five years, you're advancing to a Big Ten championship game. If Nebraska can do that, I think Husker fans would be overjoyed. And uh, an important stipulation is in those other three years, they're at least competing for a Big Ten West crown. I mean, you can maybe have one off year every five years, but but you, you need to be competing for a Big Ten West crown every three, four years, and you need to be making it to Indy every one to two years, every, every five, I should You say. nailed it with what's, what's your down year look like, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, last year's down year was, was three and nine, but, man, you were, you were right there in a lot of big-time games against – go look at the win totals for the Big Ten West last year, right? I mean, Illinois is at five and seven, almost bowl eligible. Northwestern was garbage. Nebraska was – one in eight in league play, and Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, they're all sitting in Minnesota. They're all at eight or nine wins. That's your division. I mean, I don't think, that's 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 impressive. I don't think Nebraska fans want to become what Northwestern is, despite the fact that Northwestern has advanced to Indy. They've had successful seasons. The problem is, is, is they struggle to stack back to back winning seasons together. Um, but on the other hand, they also don't stack back to back losing seasons together. And I don't think Nebraska wants to be in that. You that can't, your high can't be seesaw. incredible and your low can't be God awful. Should we get rid of everybody? Yeah. And, and that that's the, the point. When you're down, are you going to allow a a rebuild season at Nebraska. And T.O. was the first to say, I couldn't survive a losing season here. Has the, the, the reality of the Big Ten shifted enough to reconfigure your own standards just a touch with, uh, okay, what, what's a down year? I mean, think about Wisconsin, right? They're, they're 12-1, they're fifth in the country. This is, I think, in 2018. 
And they're a sexy pick for a playoff run. They're a sexy pick to, to challenge Ohio State. And they go eight and five, right? They still win a bowl game. They still are, are fist fighting with everybody, Minnesota, Iowa, but they don't get that done. So what happens? Well, it's, it's a reset year. And then you have a hiccup, and then you respond from the hiccup. You're either young or you're, you're beat up or your quarterback's a mess, whatever. It happens. The, the, the key is to not have a, a reset decade or two. Or if you make changes, make sure they're, they're for the better, and it's not a situation where you're going backward. And when Nebraska's made changes, it's gone backwards instead of forwards in most of the instances. But that's that's just what it is in the Big Ten, uh, just either through youth or missing on some recruiting classes. You know, even Ohio State had a had a six and six year during a transition, six and seven year in a transition, going from the sweater vest, uh, Fickle's interim year, and then they were rolling with Urban. So we'll see. We'll dive more into this. But what's that uh, that rise mean to you for Nebraska football? Jabba Chamberlain on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Husker Baseball, a tough one. As uh, they fall in game one against BYU, three to two, as it just couldn't happen. So Nebraska will get into action a little, a little bit before five tonight for game two against uh, BYU. But it it's going to make you sick if you're a Nebraska fan. The final here, three to two, BYU, two hits apiece. For Nebraska, BYU, three Nebraska errors. Shea Shanneman, complete game. No earned runs, five strikeouts, two hits. The Big Red lost. And you had some leather being flashed by Nebraska, but not enough leather. So, familiar story, right? So, you, you get great work on the hill, and you commit three errors, and your offense is minimal. Nebraska's offense been reeling, Elijah, since go back to that last game against Rutgers. So wait, did I hear this correctly? That all BYU's runs were unearned. Yeah. Oh my, that's that's been the story of this team this year. It, it, it really has. That that's the perfect way to sum it up. Is I mean, you can only push across. I mean, very little run support for your pitching, and any mistake that your defense or your pitching makes just gets amplified because of the fact that your offense is so inconsistent well a no hitter did happen in lincoln today 
with the uh, Lincoln Southwest Reserve baseball team as they uh, took down North Star 11-0. Uh, I needed about four scotches last night. I, I, I heard briefly from uh, from Motsi uh, off the air that uh, he, uh, Junior came in for the save last night and almost bungled it. <laughs> oh, my, man. This was good. So they're, they're playing Grand Island's JV squad. And with that being said, there's some big dudes on GI squad. So they're down, I think, three to two. And Carson's done a good job of, of going the other way with some two-strike counts. And, and he, he is, he's, he's been real confident and competent, along with his, his, his team and his coaches do a great job. I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun. Good group of kids to watch for freshmen. So he gets a base hit. He ends up coming around, and they end up taking the lead. And, and he's pitched this season against Lincoln High, and he, and he pitched, and I didn't get to see it against, I think, Grand Island once before. Well, he came in. I got to get your take on this. He came in, and and he's he's balanced. He's from the stretch. He's a little bit longer and leaner, and he's got more power. And he's got his mom's ass. That's a compliment. And it's just good good lower body power. All right. And and the monkey, he's on the hill, and he gets he gets a strikeout, and then he gets a ground out. <laughs> And then he's trying, you know, it's just some monsters up there. So he's trying to, to overthrow and like two or three go Ricky Vaughn style to the backstop. And he, and he loses a guy. He walks him. And then the next guy comes up and doink, hits a kid in the head. So two on, 5-4 uh, ball game. Next pitch, curveball, don't curve, shot to the ribs. So it's bases loaded, two out. Dear God, what's happening? And and some other monster from Grand Island gets up there. Wait, and, no, no mound visit. Oh, he had a mound visit. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say at the point where you get the bases loaded, I am no, the, that there, picture right no, away. There's a mound. There's a mound visit, <laughs> but it was it was preceded by the umpire visit to the the dugout. And he's like, he hits one more, he's out of here. And and you think he wants to hit? Anybody? No, that's what. Like as an umpire, you got in the mind he's, of the pitcher. He doesn't want to hit anybody. He's throwing. He's, the, he's not throwing the game. He doesn't know. He doesn't know Joe who tends bar down down the street any money on freshman baseball. He, he and, and, money line. And immediately his coach is like, "Look, we want to win." He's not purposefully hitting the kids. So long and short, uh, this this brute. And I mean that lovingly. Smokes one to center, and in a lot of ballparks, that thing would have been gone for a granny. Thankfully, his buddy Jace, who's a speed demon, ran it down in center field. All is well, and the, you know the rest of the baseball dads are like, "Hey, he fought through it. Way to be." Carson walks out of the dugout, just like that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my night. But I needed—I'm not a Scotch drinker, but I was—I was looking for some. I, this reminds me. I, I've been meaning to uh, one of these days. Uh, Winston Churchill. I, I know you're a history buff. I'm a history buff. He's a big fan of Scotch, or at least he was. Um, Scotch was a big fan of him. And I, I looked up the Winston Churchill daily drinking routine, and I thought, man, one of these Saturdays, I got to try that. <laughs> it's you're going to be blackout drunk by noon. Exactly. Exactly. That, that it was. So the the whole system is you wake up, and the first thing you drink in the morning is a Scotch and tonic water. Mm-hmm. Followed up uh, by like getting, seven cigars. By getting out of bed, 
and having another scotch and tonic water. And then another scotch and tonic water before lunch with lunch, an entire pint of champagne and a glass of brandy. Mm-hmm. And then he would have his post-lunch nap because anyone would need a la- na- nap after <laughs> that call, kind of morning. You call it nap. I call it passing Pass out. <laughs> and then he'd finish day with like another four more uh, scotch and tonics before dinner. And it was and just he, And he lived forever and he smoked like a chimney and he got Britain through World War II and... Yeah, he, uh, he was he was a machine. Him and the uh, the Rat Pack, say, they, oh, their livers were indestructible. I'd say one of these weekends, I got to try it just to see what the the great men of, of history have have done. You know, it's, I think like it might be just, a prerequisite. Just, just don't repeat their history because <laughs> it, it'll be a little rough. We're talking some uh, Nebraska football here. What constitute constitutes a, a rise for Nebraska football? What is what is acceptable to you, the fan? Is it still nine and three, ten and two? Go get a natty. That's the hope if you're a Nebraska fan. But what is that new normal for you? And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out and, and beyond. Numbers to get in four six six three seven seven six or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email the show Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com and uh, can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So we'll get into some NFL thoughts here. Uh, let's dive in a little bit here to uh, Blaze Gunnerson. And you look at Nebraska football, and uh, when we kind of put a, a cap on spring ball, you've had some guys that offered some perspective on, on how their springs went. Jeb Purdy uh, was limited, but but felt pretty good about how he threw in the spring game. Ramir Johnson, of course, is coming back with a lot of production. He is a nice option catching the football out of the backfield. Uh, he could be a really nice uh, one-two punch as part of that run game with some downhill action with Anthony Grant and Yant, and then there's Ramir. Then there's Blaze Gunnerson. And this was pretty interesting. Damon Benning was talking about uh, how it 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 has shifted for Blaze, and and when that that light switch kind of came on, and and I think there's a lot of guys Elijah on this team that some are are, are pending, and some have had that success happen, and and there you go, they're ready to take a further stre- step in their career. Blaze Gunnerson's one of those guys, and and here's a little bit from uh, the spring game commentary on BTN. Good to hear Blaze Gunnerson's name mentioned. Last year about Thanksgiving, the coaches said the light switch kind of just went on. He battled the hip injury and had surgery coming out of college, and, or excuse me, high school. And Coach Janana said, you know, it's almost like he didn't know if all the scar tissue just broke up at once or he freed his mind, but he said he was a new player. And he thought to himself, hey, coaches, I think we got one. Gunnarsson's size was 6'6", 225. He looks every bit the part, too. So while the reality of getting O'Shawn Mathis is still a chase and still a need for Nebraska on the outside, what's in the cupboard right now? What's what's there for Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner to, to fend off, first and foremost? But what's behind those guys? And Blaze Gunderson's a, a big dude out of Iowa. You, you heard Larry talk about his size, and, and, and he's a nice combo of, of, of fast on the edge but also – tough on the edge he can set the edge and he's been working on pass rush think about Gunnarsson's story and it's not 
unique to just him. A lot of college kids go through this. Are you delayed once you get to campus? Do you get homesick? Are you adjusting to college? Are you, air quotes, swimming in it because of what's been going on, right? And, well, then there's Gunnarsson who's jacking with a hip issue that we now know about. And that delayed him. And then, all right, what's my confidence level like? I mean, you're, you're just well behind that starting line and you got to fight through some of it. And lo and behold, here's the Wisconsin game. Caleb Tanner gets rocked. He gets, he gets that stinger. And Gunnarsson's a guy that comes in, makes a couple of tackles. And all right, that was a good outing. Did well. Uh, played his position. Wasn't a liability. And was, was an asset. And then he carried that further. Had a big play in the Iowa game with the TFL. And now you're able to stack. You're able to stack Wisconsin. You're able to stack Iowa. And then you're able to stack a really good spring where, A, you stayed healthy. But, B, you were able to really thrive and then kind of work on your craft. Actually get some development versus the rehab part. You also got to remember that for guys like Blaze and guys in his class and around that time, Blaze came in in the spring. January of 2020, and four months later, everything shut down because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So you you, don't, you miss that spring in development. There's a delay, yeah. In the fall, you, you don't actually get practicing until nearly October. Uh, you don't get as many practices in the fall as you would have in a normal year. You, you got to remember there is a delay in development there for guys like Blaze and, and uh, Blaze himself. I mean, this is why I think Nebraska had to go lean so heavily on the transfer portal uh, this season because they needed instant impact guys. and. I mean, some of the guys, let's, I don't want to say they're behind in development, but, but they got kind of screwed by COVID. And that's, that's an adjustment you have to make. I mean, the, the difference between high school and college football is so great that uh, you don't get that, that year to get your licks in whenever you got to be sitting on the sideline the entire year because of COVID. And that, that's an important part of the college experience is getting your licks in and realizing that college football is different than high school and the dif- different level you have to bring. We're up against it. We'll hear a little bit more from Blaze Gunnarsson uh, shortly. Did we just fire a, a liner? Yeah, my misclick. No, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Blaze Gunnarsson coming up here shortly and uh, how his spring went. But that's that's nice options with Blaze and Jamari Butler showing some prowess off the edge. And uh, maybe you add a O'Shawn Mathis to that mix. Uh, wide open for you here the next uh, 20 minutes. Bill Dolman coming up a bit after 5. Hail Varsity on a Friday continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio Thanks for spending time on a Friday at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Husker standout and uh, World Series champ, Jabba Chamberlain with us. He's had a week of baseball. Jabba, how's the uh, the yard been, man? How you doing? It's, it, it's been good. It's uh, We've had a good week. The boys have done really well. 
um, so proud of the boys and what they've done. And, and uh, Carter's done some really cool things. But you know what? It's, it's a good thing for Lincoln baseball. And we have some guys that are doing things, and I'm, I'm so proud of it. And we have competition. We have everything. And it, it, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see. The uh, the kids came back and, and uh, took down East. That was super impressive. Job, I want to get your take. Uh, put your managerial hat on. Would you have pulled Kershaw earlier in the week when he's going perfect? So you're looking at that and then and that aspect. He's the only manager, Dave Roberts is the only manager that's ever done that to have two perfect games and pull people. <laughs> but... What I, what I love about Clayton, and I've I've gotten to know him over my tenure. He doesn't care about personal accolades, and he said that himself. Well, and it, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, Clayton was all good with it. Clayton's the one guy on the planet that was good with it, and I, and I think he is, and like he doesn't care. Because he is a man that understands it. But if if you're going to put him to everything, and, and I always reference that to Johan Santana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He pitched, he pitched a perfect game, and he threw 146 pitches. It ended his career. He never pitched again. So if... If I'm wrong and whatever, and, and everybody can talk about this and do whatever, mm-hmm. but Johan never did it. Clayton wants to still pitch. He still wants to do it, and he understands that. And he said it himself. This is a self-love that I want with Bernsey mm-hmm. catching. So what do you say? I, I, would have, I would have let him get to his pitch count at 80, right? But... Um... That's just me. The long-term, short-term arguments, pretty real with the Johan. I mean, after he threw that that no-no for the Mets, went three and ten, and uh, never pitched again. To your point, and Kershaw's had a temperamental arm. Obviously, his injury history, and uh, they're trying to go back to back. So Roberts and Kershaw. Look, everyone else has has the problem or gets it. Baseball fans get it from a long-term standpoint. Kershaw's got a couple more years of greatness in him uh, before maybe you, you, you tail off. And, uh, no, I mean, I, I would have let him at least hit the pitch count number to see uh, if he could have got uh, got tonight. He needed six outs, right? But the most important thing is, is he's the guy that has to be good with it, and he is. Aaron Judge uh, not taking the extension – for New York, betting on himself free agency-wise. Jabba, you've been in those negotiations many times in your career. Uh, what's your reaction to um, to Judge in, in, in New York, and do you think he's a, a Yankee that beyond this year, I guess, is the best way to phrase it? 100% I think he is. I, I, I think the, the contract was fair. Mm-hmm. The contract was fair. But at the same time, Schmitty, like, he has to understand he has missed 28% of his career. But then when you put him against everything else, 
he is a top three guy. And you look at Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, everybody else. Does he deserve their money? No chance. But he's old. He's old. He's old in the thing. When you look at it, he he's going to be thirty-one at his free agency. Mm-hmm. Those dudes were twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Do I think he is that guy? One hundred percent. And he wants to be there because he knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I think the fair value of what they offered him right now is fair. And he didn't take it. And he didn't take it, which is fine. But he's relying on himself. If he goes out, I mean, he literally just hit his first homer. What's he going to do? He'll he'll put up he'll put up his normal numbers, but part of that normal number is how many stints on the fifteen day DL. I mean that's that's why he's not being offered Trout money. That's why he's not being offered Betts money uh, on top of the age factor. So I don't I don't scoff at New York with what they're doing. Uh, they got a they got to walk a high wire though to keep him back for sure, <laughs> and uh, it also keep him happy. And with him, he can go get money. Someone's going to overpay and give him a 10-year deal and hope he lasts till 40. I'll disagree with you, Shmanito, in that aspect. Like, who's going to overpay him? At this point, if he doesn't, if he doesn't do what he does, well, if, if, he gets, if he gets hurt again, what's he going to do? Well, he's already on the team that's shown that they're most willing to overpay for players. That's the Yankees. Well, my point is, if, if someone will come in and say, hey, we'll give you what you want, but you're not going to go win. He can, he can go, to, what, a, he can go what, to a squad. What team, what, what team is going to do that? What team is going to do that? Texas, already, Texas has been known. Said, no, no, no. He's already said he wants to stay a Yankee. Okay. So they, they, got, they got to come up a little bit. They didn't get anything done. And it, was, what, it, it wasn't even 30 million a year. And so what are they going to do? So now he's going to go to free agency, and it's going to be a different aspect. Well, so what are they going to do? Depends on his numbers and his injury history this year, I guess, whether they budge or someone else comes in and says, eh, all right, you don't want to be a Yankee, you don't like the offer, that's fine. We'll see how it plays out. Jabba, we're up against a break, brother. We'll uh, get caught up next week. Always love your input, man. All right, love you, too. See you, bud. Bye. There is Jabba Chamberlain with us, um, Oscar Standout, World Series champ. Uh, don't don't you see, couldn't you see some team coming in? If, if he has his normal 35-40 home run season, and I know he's not hit 40 or 50 that often in his career, but... Somebody's going to come in and say, we'll, we'll give you Mike Trout. Not, I mean, not Mike Trout numbers, but like the situation that the Angels pulled with Mike Trout where they were willing to overpay for him and say, we'll lock you up, we'll give you what you want, you'll come in and sell the tickets. Sure. And you've seen some teams that go all in and go throw money. I mean, the Rangers have done it, Seattle's done it, Angels have done it. Uh, let me look at Pujols, right? He's back in St. Louis, but at the point when he left St. Louis in his career, I mean, he got he got a monster deal 
he's probably a little bit older than Aaron Judge. I mean, at this for Aaron Judge, we'll just go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are signing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's the team. The Dodgers say yes, please. <laughs> Well, Yankee fan couldn't take him going to Boston. Ooh, I just said that. I don't know. Judge, Jabba nailed it with the the percentage of injury and the age combination. Bill Dolman's coming up. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, thanks to Java Chamberlain for jumping on. Talking some Aaron Judge and uh, Kershaw. Reminder to get buckled up. Game preparation and repetition predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Some topics we've hit on, Blaze Gunnerson spring and how uh, he is feeling pretty good about where he's come uh, in the Nebraska football program. Mitch Sherman's story from The Athletic uh, profiling Nebraska, some of their, uh, their pitfalls the last two decades and what success would be for Nebraska. What's, uh, what's that level Nebraska can rise back up to and is it beyond nine and three ten and two west division champ big 10 champ i think they can get to both Uh, how often do they do it are they cranking out championship after championship division or conference i don't think i mean you can have a a a good run where maybe you get a couple of back to back but ohio state's really been the only team to hammer that home and uh, they've been the the one aside from Michigan that's competed at the uh, the playoff level. Yet, yet Sparty was there for a little window as well. It seems like these runs always happen about a seven year, and then you're out. You look at Michigan State's rise and and ability to sustain Pete Carroll and USC was a seven year deal. Mac Brown in Texas about a seven year deal. And the key there was either a, a, a world-changing quarterback, and I'm not going to put Colt McCoy in that, that category, but, man, the, the dudes around McCoy were pretty good. Alabama's done it for the longest and in, 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 during an era that was has been the most tumultuous. And then you factor in all the assistance that Saban continues to lose year after year. That's what's going to be interesting about Clemson. You've gotten some of the ACC that's gotten better. Pitt, one-hit wonder or not, don't know. NC State's been really pretty good. Miami looks to be like they're jumping up. Does Florida State stay garbage? I don't know. But, you know, Clemson's got some competition. Carolina's going to try and bounce back. And uh, you have a a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator under Dabo uh, as he is still digging his heels into Elijah about getting to the portal. Mm. And when I look at Nebraska and their rise to the top. I mean, I, I think they, they do have an opportunity with, as you said, the Big Ten, the rising and the falling. It feels like there's two teams, I think, in the Big Ten you can expect that are going to be good for the next couple of years. And, and Michigan might even fall out of that category. I mean, they, they've risen and fallen on a year-to-year basis. But you know Ohio State's going to be good. You know what you're probably going to get from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. 
That's about it. And that's about it. Those are your two kind of kind of certainties. And, and you, I mean, you're, Ohio you're State's your certainty. You're waiting Penn State to reach back to their level, but then you, you don't know because they've kind of been in that same boat as Michigan where it's been one year of great football and then two or three years of back down in the, the eight and four, seven and five. They, they had a couple, three years there that, man, they were really good and you had a nice mesh point of, okay, I've got some dudes that grew up and were good on the lines of scrimmage. You know, they also lost Larry Johnson to Ohio State, and Ohio State and Penn State's not been as great on the defensive line as they once were. Bill Dolman will be streamyarding as well. That's next hour, too, with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466 espn or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're streaming live. It's a Friday at 5 with the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports' Bill Dolman. Find us on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed. And uh, the pride of Fairbury has got the earbuds in. Billy D., what do you know? How are you? Happy Good Friday. Uh, I know that the trip to uh, Kentucky was not uh, all that profitable. <laughs> but it was a, a good time, nevertheless, and it's uh, great to be back uh, hanging out with you guys again on the stream. Did you run into uh, to Slick Rick at all, Patino? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure he's allowed in the Louisville, uh, Lexington, Kentucky vicinity um, that I know of. I know he has horses, though, man. I mean. I know, and I also know that he, he has a certain table at a restaurant in Louisville that I don't think he's allowed to frequent either, but that does, don't, doesn't necessarily mean he can be there. But that, that that could be from very different reasons. Maybe you just <laughs> eat too much at the buffet. Well, I heard he's, I heard he's spending a lot of time at Urban Meyer's bar now. Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, well, I jaw off the top rope with, with that. So. <laughs> so, okay, so... You had some Nebraska-centric names at the horse track, it sounded like. Yeah, was was a Big Red or something like that? Was Big uh, Red or go no, for two? No, Os- Osborne. Osborne. Osborne, yeah. And it was a red horse with red numbers, uh, with a red number one, actually, that uh, won that day. And, of course, I didn't have any money on it. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of a cool uh, little deal, although it spelled uh, spelled the same like Ozzy and not mm. like T.O., but, you know, we, we – <laughs> We took it to heart anyway. What uh, what were the uh, bourbon consumption numbers like? Was it sipping well, uh, weekend? Now, or? Yeah, for me, you know, it is minimal, minimal. But I, I did think of you, though, when we did go to a tasting room at, the, at a distillery and 
you were first and foremost on my mind. I thought about getting you, you know, something, but I thought it would just get lost in the stockpile. He, he doesn't need it. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying. No, that's all right. Well, the, the, it's a thought that counts, right? Not the ice melting right now while we're talking about, oh, this is the bourbon Bill brought me back from Kentucky. <laughs> Yeah, But, right. uh, Bill, I get a thought from you on our friend Mitch Sherman's story. And the Athletic does a great job. And they, they're profiling different programs that have fallen on hard times. And they, they've touched on Virginia Tech and UCLA. Uh, who else was on that list? Uh, you have Arkansas, Texas Tech, Post-Leach. And then there's Nebraska. And the story's been, been detailed about you know, post Osborne, how it's just not been the same, you know, what, what constitutes a, a rise back up for Nebraska football in 2022 and beyond? Uh, because while championships are what you strive for, it, it's not a certainty you get them. And, and coach Osborne, as great as he was played for some, didn't win his first till 22 years in. And you're always, I think, in today's college football, sparked by transition, you're going to have a down kind of rebuild year. Programs have had it. They've faced it. They've dealt with it. And how they've dealt with it's kind of been the, the story about whether or not they bounce back or kind of sustain, uh, you know, top 25 success. So let's get your kind of hit list here on Nebraska and being competitive, good, satisfactory to the fan base is what? Well, I think bowl games every year, uh, you know, is what most Nebraska football fans uh, of my generation and maybe the one behind it were accustomed to. It was mm-hmm. just an annual thing. Now, is it going to be the orange, the sugar every year and then a periodic a Gator Bowl, Liberty Bowl, then back to the orange and the sugar as it was, you know, when I was growing up? Probably not. But, you know, I think the bowl games are going to will lose their luster uh, over time anyway, as the NCA phases out and whatever the iteration is that will govern college football. But, you know, I think Nebraska fans should expect, and I think, and that's a bare minimum uh, of, of a bowl game every year, of a winning record every year. Now, is that going to be six and six, seven and five, eight and four? Will that be uh, annually acceptable? Uh, maybe with some dips in the market, uh, you know, you could go, okay, we were seven and six, and we know what happened when we had a coach that, you know, what won nine games and got fired. Mm-hmm. But, in, you know, in, in the in the era of college football that we're in, you know, winning records and going to bowl games really ought to be the minimum standard for Nebraska competing for championships and division titles or whatever that's going to look like, um, I think is also has to be on the radar to where you're finishing first, second, or third in the division of the big 10 that you are in, no matter how many teams are going to be in it right now, there's what 14 teams in a 10 team conference. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's probably going to be 16 uh, at some point in the, within the next decade, I would imagine. So I think, you know, reasonable expectations for performance on the field are top three finishes in your division, winning records and going to whatever postseason play is available to you uh, over you know, the next generations to come. I think that's fair. And I think that's, you know, it's actually maybe kind of low, but that's just the way, you know, the sport is where college football is headed. It's going to be an NFL type uh, mentality where, you know, teams with 500 records anymore are getting into the playoffs. Right. 
uh, and they're adding wild cards all the time, and now everybody's getting in. And now the NBA has play-in games, you know, to get into the playoffs. Uh, college football, college athletics is going to look dramatically different within the next five to ten years, and people just need to be, you know, in tune with it and just be glad that Nebraska is going to be in that uh, in in the population of power conference schools, whatever it looks like. Uh, and I and I think that's you know that's the where the the game is, and that's the business of college football. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking, you know, what is that bar for Nebraska, not the bourbon bar that uh, Bill visited last weekend in Kentucky, <laughs> but the bar, you know, the bare minimum, so to speak. And you and I are on the same page. I think Elijah's down too. That it is a bowl game. It is postseason. And I also think it's about how you kind of go about your business uh, from a recruiting and development standpoint where you can hit on a a, a transitional quarterback like a Tommy Frazier every so often, but, man, be steady, right? Be steady with who you're bringing in, who you're developing, how are your lines of scrimmage doing, and and that, that that will keep you good or more so in that upper echelon. And we were touching, you know, when, when you do have a kind of a reset year, you've never really been allowed to have a reset year in Lincoln. If you do, you're, you're kind of dead man walking a year or two after that season. And uh, is that, well, you don't want it if you're a Nebraska fan. You realize what's happened when it's been, it's been handled poorly. You've, okay, we're going to make a change. Here's the change we made. And and then you get impatient again between fan base and administration. I think the fan base, while they're starved and frustrated with three and nine, understand that, all right, there's, there was more fans than not that wanted a fifth year for Scott. And even depending on how 2022 goes, I think there's a lot of fans that are like, okay, you've got a, a really good group, it looks like, of assistance you brought in that they've coached some pretty big time ball. Let's see what they can do. Don't don't make the mistake if it's not a nine or eight win season of of pulling an 03, right? With that new staff of assistants that came in. So I think there's there's a demand for, for postseason, yes, but I think there's also maybe some some patience, maybe a little extension on the runway because of the of the new assistant. I think at least that's maybe what Trev's thinking. Well, and, and that's the guy. That's what Trev is thinking. That's what Trev knows. You know, I, I think we, I, I think I put a lot of faith as, uh, you know, somebody who, who knows Nebraska reasonably well, despite being gone for a while. I, I think that the key is is Trev Alberts and his understanding of the college football landscape and the Nebraska football landscape and how things are are changing and how you can't necessarily change just because the winds might be blowing in a certain direction. Uh, so I think Trev's leadership at a, a steady hand at the ship is really, really important. You know, Bill Moose did what Bill Moose was supposed to do, and he hired Scott, and then he hired Fred, whom everybody wanted, mm-hmm. right? So he did the job. Now, was he hands-off <laughs> before and after that? I guess. I wasn't there to witness it, but I've certainly heard the legends. Um, the legend of the moves. To, you know, leadership prior to Coach Osborne, you know, taking over as the athletic director. I mean, they're just atrocious. Mm-hmm. Steve Peterson and Sean Eichhorst, and we all thought Steve was the guy. You all know, think he's the four-year case of the flu that we're still dealing with. 
Sean Eichers was a disaster. Maybe Harvey Perlman was disastrous in, at the end of his tenure. I, I, I Look, the leadership was bad. I think the leadership is there. I think the understanding in that leadership position is also there for Nebraska to make a course correction for the long term. Now, if things don't go well this year, I could understand why he might want to make a change. But I just don't foresee it. I think that there's reason to be optimistic. You can't have all the bad things happen, you know, whether it's self-inflicted or not the way they did last year and come close and have so many losses. You know, it's interesting when you were mentioning the the now the athletic is chronicling some of the programs. I haven't read all of them. I didn't read about Virginia Tech and UCLA because, quite frankly, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, okay, what programs are like that nobody really does care all that much about? And I wrote down Virginia Tech, UCLA, uh Arkansas, Missouri. Mm -hmm. yeah, Nobody talks about Missouri anymore. Nobody Missouri's talks about been... Colorado in Colorado. Yeah. But if you want, if you want to drive traffic on a sports website or a sports talk show, and you want to talk college football, what do you do? You mentioned Nebraska just this week. What was it? An ESPN prognostication or something where they said Nebraska is F... the favorite to win the Big Ten West? FBI. What happens? Clickbait blows up because you mentioned Nebraska. Is anybody mentioning? Washington as the bounce back team in the, the Pac-12. No, UCLA. No, and they've got Chip Kelly for Pete's sakes. Nobody's talking about them. Nobody's talking about Virginia Tech, Arizona State. Even they've got some problems that nobody cares about, right? But you mentioned Nebraska because Nebraska, I say this a million times, Nebraska still matters. Three and nine, nine and three, Scott Frost, big buildings, new assistant coach, doesn't matter. Nebraska still matters. And I'll tell you why. Most importantly, 54,000 people showed up on Saturday to watch not a scrimmage, to watch the spring game reminded me of after a Nebraska football game when people still linger around and they're able to sneak out onto the field and you've got a bunch of kids from about 5 to 12 wearing Nebraska football jerseys that are too big for them and they got the plastic football that they got at the Conoco and they're throwing it, and they're running around, and the band's on the field. That's what the spring game reminded me of. Nobody's tackling anybody. Nobody's getting hurt, but the kids are having the time of their lives being <laughs> on the field at Memorial Stadium. So they've got 54,000 people. UCLA doesn't get 54,000 people for an important game during the regular season. Virginia Tech does, and their inner Sandman thing is pretty cool. But Outside of that, nobody talks about Virginia Tech or Missouri. All these teams I mentioned, Arkansas might be on the upswing, but then they backpedaled the end of last year. Nebraska matters because you have 54,000 people show up to watch kids play touch football, and they still believe after a 3-9 and nine season. And recruits are coming into Lincoln, and nobody's talking about this much. Recruits are coming in and thinking, wow, this is really great these fans are here. What they're thinking now is – it would be great to play in front of these fans, and it would be great to get paid by these fans who have businesses, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a recruit, and, and I'm not talking about Dylan Rayola and whatever the rumors are about however many digits are going to be on uh, that NIL agreement, but if you're a player and you think, you know what, I got 54,000 people here for this, think how much they care during the season. So I get a chance for two, three, four years to do pretty well for myself, and that's a larger body of people, right? I mean, you're talking about Nebraska trying to get money to walk-ons through NIL deals and whatever, right? So a kid comes to Nebraska and says, all these people 
are here for this. I got a chance to play in front of them, and they're going to probably support me in whatever NIL deal I can make. Very few schools can do that other than, as I say it every week, Texas A&M, all right? Every recruit's got an oil well in the West Texas <laughs> with their name gold plate And 50 on. head of cattle. Okay? But if you're a recruit in this era of college football, until they get the NIL reined in and figured out, you got to think, you know what? I got a chance to do pretty well and have some fun playing in front of great fans who are going to support me in more ways than one legally, right? Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's pocket your question, Elijah. All right. Bill, you got 10 more minutes for us, or you got shag duty? No, I, I, uh, I got the 2024 Olympics coming up, so I got time. Okay. <laughs> so Bill Dolman will hang with us. We'll spend some more time on Nebraska football in reference to uh, Mitch Sherman's article with The Athletic uh, when Nebraska, that end still rises up. What's that look like? And I think we're all on the same page where it's bowl games and you're making your way to a New Year's Day six. You're competing for the West. Uh, you're going to a Big Ten championship game. You aren't getting embarrassed by sub 500 teams. Right. Yes. Your, <laughs> your, your, your record is, is good in big games and you're not embarrassed in big games. Don't have to win them all the time, but you're, you're in them till the end. So we'll get there. Some more thoughts uh, with Bill Dolman. Coming up, Hale Varsity on a Friday. Numbers to get in, 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Streaming live here, Facebook, ESPN, Lincoln's Facebook. Also, Twitter, uh, ESPN, Lincoln's Twitter. Handle more with the pride of Fairberry, Bill Dolman next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. Chime in 402 466 ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, Tail Varsity on a Friday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the Pride of Fairberry. Bill Dolman is with us an extended Friday. And our friend Kevin emails in from deep in the heart of Texas. Chris, thanks for uh, the show. Sitting on my patio in Texas with us other Husker fans enjoying some Tito's. That's how we listen to your show on Fridays. I know you all have to pay the bills. There is humor, though. We crank up listening to a Nebraska station promoting plant-based chicken. So, uh, <laughs> Kevin, you are spot on, my friend. I have not tried the... Uh, the plant-based chicken had a listener bring some plant-based hamburgers in one time. Yeah, I tried that plant-based Whopper. Stevo, yeah. Yeah, and my main takeaway was, well, it still just tastes like all the toppings they put on a Whopper. I mean, it's, it's a lot of toppings. Let's not be honest; they're not making a Whopper to to, to show off the beef flavor. Dolman, have you uh, dove in out in Granola Land at all with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with anything hey, that hey, is anything hey, beyond hey, hey, organic? Plant-based chickens out here in Colorado mean an entirely different thing 
than they do elsewhere. (laughs) Well, I'll just say that the main thing with I I don't want to have chicken or beef that tastes like chicken or beef because you're never going to nail the flavor. Just give me something that's different. Like I'll enjoy a black bean burger if you're not trying to pass it off as like a meat burger. It's got to be its own thing. That that's where you find the enjoyment in it. I had a friend. This is great. I had a friend uh, uh, went to uh, some tavern. Okay, not a cafe in Nebraska. We have taverns, right? Yeah. And went, went to one. You know, someplace in northern Nebraska, one of those you know great little towns that uh, uh, that are up there. And he got a veggie burger. There. And, uh, Got a veggie Is it burger. Like the scene in Animal House. No, 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 <laughs> we are going to die. A veggie burger, and and the, and the the waitress brings it to the table, and it's a hamburger with lettuce, tomato, onion. It had veggies on it. Right. That was the veggie burger. <laughs> That's the Nebraska veggie burger. Man, there's a. You mentioned a small town taverns in Nebraska, and it'd be fun to do a tavern tour. And I've, I've, you know, well, let's, uh, we got uh, out in Hayes Center, Nebraska, out in western Nebraska. I'm sure there's just an awesome Hayes Center Tavern, I think is the name of it. If it's not the name of it, I got to get the appropriate name, but it'd be fun to do that. Uh, Dear friends from college grew up in Elgin, Nebraska, and they always had Johnny Cash either walk the line or Sunday morning coming down playing on the jute box when you'd walk in and there's a nebraska pennant apparently from the 50s the or you know whenever still hung up you know behind the bar uh with with pride and the nebraska flag there so there's there's bars in elgin or a bar or two have always been threatening to invade elgin at some point with my my old college buddies because they grew up there and you know, put on the old uh, the old Raider jersey that they wore, and uh, every Sunday to watch John Madden back in the day, and I I I think it'd be fun. I think that's something we need to, to map out at some point for just a, a tavern tour. Does it? Doesn't every small town in Nebraska under five thousand people in population have a place called the Brunswick? They might. I, mean, I think I think it's just a, like a law, state law. I mean, when, when the state came into being in March of what, 1869, it's mm-hmm. in the state constitution that every town under 5,000 has to have a place called the Brunswick with a neon Budweiser sign and pool tables in the front window that you can see. I, I think it's a given, you know. The other one to hit is the Rocket Inn in Indianola. They've got, <laughs> legit. They've got, I, I grew up there. They probably, it still smells like marble red, and they have their own, uh, their own pizza. With uh, with toothpicks, and they have lots of sauerkraut. That was the Friday night. It was great. You had to cook to see Grandma and Grandpa, and they had uh, I think they had a buffalo or some sort of uh, animal named named Ed or something behind the the bar, right? Yep. Yeah. And with, uh, with a bunch of uh, trucker caps on on yeah on, on, animal, e- on each yeah. horn, and then they had uh, they had the old tap where it was old Milwaukee man. <laughs> It was good. If you hey, if you went on that tour around Nebraska, you'd be on like a three-year tour. Done. Let's do. Well, <laughs> here's what we got to do. We could, we could do a summer tour every summer for the next like three years. There's there's what 92, 93, 93 counties, ninety two counties, ninety three, ninety three. Okay, Dolman. Like there was a shameful tone in his voice that I. What's the What's the bar in Fairbury? Well, there's a Brunswick. So, so it's the Brunswick. Yeah. 
There's there was the Brunswick and uh, Griffey's and uh, back in the day. Uh, so named course, after Ken Senior or not? You know the stable. Yeah, we had we had plenty of them. We you know it was. Uh, Great places to go. <laughs> the Red Horse, as, as Grandpa told me about the legend of the Red Horse, but it's not operational anymore. I think you needed some ones to get in there. Uh, <laughs> Elijah, we got off on a crazy average Joe tangent about bars in Boy. Nebraska. That was fun. Yeah. What yeah. do you got? Oh, oh yeah, my question. Yeah, yeah oh. you were going to talk football. For yeah, us, yeah. So. We were- Watch the board. Yeah, we, we were going to go to the uh, the ESPN FBI metric, Bill. I'm yes. not sure if you saw this, but the internet went crazy yesterday. When the FBI metric, which ESPN releases every single year, gave Nebraska the best odds to win the Big Ten West. And I can see based on your facial reaction here on the live stream for anyone following along here with us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, I think I know where you're going to go with this. But what's your reaction to Nebraska having the best odds in the Big Ten West, according to ESPN? Well, first of all, I agree with it. But that was <laughs> I, I said it in the last segment. That was That was a clickbait. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what FBI stands for or FBI or whatever it is, but it is. It's an algorithm. Uh, fans F- football power index inclined to. Yeah. OK, whatever. Uh, it was it was just to generate something at a very low time of, you know, the year. So let's what can we do? I'm sure the next one next week, it'll be name the, the best college football coach of all time. And they'll, it'll be Tom Osborne and ESPN will go. I can't believe it again, but. It's that's all it was was driving Nebraska football fans to click it and talk about it and get them to go to Twitter and and uh, why not why why not Nebraska I mean it, it, like I said if everything that could possibly go wrong in games last year caused us to be what three and nine then what if all of those things go right you don't stumble at the one yard line at Minnesota you actually kick with your coverage against Michigan State and you know what what their coach got like a nine million dollar raise if Nebraska wins that game. You know, maybe he doesn't get the big raise. You, you should have beaten Michigan. You've got a, the, the scoop and the score and the, the, a safety on a punt return against Illinois. I mean, not all of that stuff can continue to happen, right? <laughs> so why not? Why not Nebraska go, you know, 9-3 and three next year or better? Beat Oklahoma. I think Nebraska beats Oklahoma, you know? I think Nebraska's unbeaten through September. Bill, uh, real quick, a take. That's the B. That's the B- uh, Bill Dolman Index. Yeah. Saban and uh, Dabo are losing it over NIL. Uh, I think uh, we'll rear the Pirate tomorrow. Coach Leach uh, was with us last week, and he... uh, he he's he's not in he's not a fan of it either he wants if we're, if we're gonna pay let's make it professional and he's like well you know san jose state may have a left tackle we need you're traded right if it's gonna be professional uh let's 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 make it professional where we can can trade uh, other programs and uh, we'll but, give you, you know, a bag the, of bag of footballs and, and a kicker for your left tackle yes or no the pro, the pros have you know have rules you know there are there is salary cap there <laughs> yeah. is the draft where you go where you are drafted and you sign a contract unless you want to hold out or uh you know and pull an LA or an Eli Manning but you know there are rules in the NFL where there are billions and billions of dollars and you know I, I get that they should be able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness in whatever way, but there's got to be a way to rein this mm-hmm. thing in so that it is not completely the wild, wild west, and guys get to 
you know, get up and go and go wherever they want. I mean, again, even in the NFL, you sign on to be in the NFL, then you go where you are drafted. So there's got to be some semblance of commitment. And I'm, I'm not looking for colleges to, you know, recoup the wasted money that they have in recruiting, which we've chronicled before, you know, you know, guys spending a hundred thousand dollars just to get a kid to sign, taking his girlfriend out for a burger mm-hmm. in Florida. It's ridiculous. But so I'm not, you know, crying for colleges that are, you know, just continuing to up their tuitions. But are you going to let schools start to pay their players in some way? I, I, I don't know. Where, when is the IRS going to start weighing in, in on this? Mm. Well, uh, it, I'm it, sure it, that Open Doors and all those all those firms that are involved in the NIL are are you know counseling these players and uh, on what they need to do and to be sure that they work within the rules of the government. But at some point, you know, Dabo, I think Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, although Saban is now 70, I think that they are laying the groundwork for whatever is going to be on the other side of the NCAA. I think that's really what this is about. And I've been talking about this for 20 years, right? You know that on the average Joe Sports Show, something's going to happen to where you're going to have 64 schools probably in a super league. The College Football Association that died back in the 80s is going to have a reincarnation like the USFL and the XFL. There's going to be something to where the power brokers in college football are going to play their own game. And somehow, some way, they're going to have to get some governance over NIL and whatever the transfer portal is so that you have the ability to go and to make but you've got to be able to rein it in in some way, shape, or form. There'll be some parameters. And if you're Dabo and you're Saban, uh, Dabo's looking for a bounce-back year. Uh, Saban just keeps reloading despite losing assistants and players to the NFL or portal. Uh, at some point, the playing field, uh, if you have enough uh, in the piggy bank, can level level up. And uh, someone can always outspend you. You've got A&M that's, that's there with Jimbo. And they're going to continue to throw resources at top talent and get good coaches. And, and then maybe burst on the scene this year as a playoff contender, let alone being in Saban's own division, right? If you're the ACC, you've got the Miami Hurricanes that have been down forever. Well, they're, uh, they've got a really good coach, and they've always had the talent. You put that together on top of some Miami boosters that aren't part of a Ponzi scheme, and now all of a sudden you're challenged in the ACC. Well, I keep this in mind. The, the Big Ten TV deal is going to get signed Monster at some money. point in the, in the near future, and I would bet it's going to be before the start of this next college football season. And so those schools that are right now inside the, uh, uh, the gates of the Big Ten – are about to make a whole lot of money, you know, down the road. No matter what Nebraska media, Nebraska's meteorites deal looks like, the TV deal is going to be huge. And for Bob Bowlesby and all these others who are continue to say, oh, Nebraska made a mistake. <laughs> Nebraska is going to sit there with its hand out for a long time and make a lot of money. Give us five more minutes to, to finish on Bowlesby. Bill Dolman uh, continues on with his Detail Varsity Radio. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Be sure to get the podcast, Hale Varsity Radio, six days a week. Give a subscription. It doesn't cost you anything. Get a course, a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Tell us what you think. Feedback helps out. I uh, love to hear it, and thanks so many to all of you who have subscribed over the years. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio, Elijah Herbal rocking the mustache. Bill Dolman has uh, got the earbuds. Chris Schmidt, it's Hail Varsity on a Friday weekend edition tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. Bill, let us uh, put to bed the Big 12 as Bob Bowlesby is on his way out. He is ticked off that... He spent two years of his life, of his final two years, uh, as commissioner working on a playoff expansion that was all good to go for 12. And back to your point about TV money, the brakes were pumped and nothing got done but wasted time for two years. He's ticked off, had some parting shots for those that have left the Big 12 and also some shots at the Big 10. You know, I I don't quite understand i guess he's entitled to you know to saying what he wants on his way out the door whenever that door opens up but i just found it interesting him taking you know the 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 shots if you will at at the teams that left the big 12 and uh saying that what everybody has struggled other than texas a&m for a couple of years and i think you really got to go back in time to what it was like in 2008 9 10 11 when college you know, football was undergoing, um, you know, an earthquake of, of transformation with conference realignment. And again, I've said this many times, and I'm happy to revisit it as, as much as, you know, people want, but I was working at the Mountain West Conference Network, and we had teams that were involved in every single discussion, every single day of conference realignment. And it was Mur- Missouri that started the saber rattling. They were the ones that were going to go. And, you know, Tom saw the, 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 the potential writing on the wall for the future of the Big 12 and uh, got Nebraska, you know, somewhat secretively into the Big 10 because of the stability. And for those, what, year or two, I mean, and, and even up until they invited UCF and BYU and Houston and Cincinnati, there's still been speculation as to just what the future of the Big 12 is. We're talking 10 years later, 12 years later. There were days when it was talked about Kansas being in the Mountain West Conference. Okay, not a lot of days, but a few days. It was it had nothing to do with basketball. It all has to do with football. Nebraska, hey Bill, Nebraska might be in the Mountain West because there was so much uncertainty about what the future of all of these conferences was going to be. So for Bob Bowlesby to just make it sound like, or anybody to make it sound like, well, Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado just up, decided to up and leave and go someplace else. That is not what the landscape was 12 years ago, 14 years ago. 
there was real uncertainty about the future of the Big 12. And I say this, I know they've got those four schools coming in to round out whatever the Big 12 was going to look like. If Nebraska, Missouri, Texas A&M, maybe even Colorado and Texas and Oklahoma said, you know what, we're going to come back and do the Big 12 again, I guarantee you, you UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and um, BYU. BYU, they would be treated like the guy who caught Tom Brady's last touchdown, right? <laughs> or got the football. They would go, uh, give it back. Just kidding. Never mind, right? <laughs> if, Nebra- if, if, if Nebraska said, you know what, tomorrow we're going to go back to the Big 12, and AM said, okay, we're in two. And Missouri said, okay, we're in two. And all of a sudden, the Big 12 got back together. Those four schools would be shown the door before the ink was dry on the paper, right? So for the Big 12, and I, I love the Big 12, and, and they have survived, right? They were, they're able to get decent TV money. But what Nebraska and the rest of the Big Ten is about to get with their next TV contract is going to be monstrous. $101 million by 2029. The SEC will be at $117 million right. for the Athletic by 2029. The Big, tw- the Big 12 is not going to command that kind of money. They may and get up they, to 60 or 70, but, right. but still. And, and they're, they're going to get pushed off. It's going to be like, and this is what I hope happen, does not happen to you know the Big, Big 12 schools or the Big 10 schools, but I used to watch hockey regularly on NBCSN every Wednesday night and then on the weekends. You just knew where it was. They signed the deal with ESPN and they shove it off to ESPN Plus on a Thursday night game or a Wednesday night game on TNT. I have no idea where hockey is anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I'm old school. I'm not generational. I get that. I don't get my media from the, the internet and streaming services. But if you're a fan and you've got to go find it, and you don't really – I mean, it's so disappointing it's this season to not be able to follow it. And ESPN has so many properties now, and they just keep pushing them on to ESPN+, Plus, pushing and pushing and pushing, and these schools are like, hey, we got an ESPN deal. I have no idea where you are. And, and I have a feeling that that's probably what's going to be the next iteration for the Big 12. And you said 60, 70 million, where Nebraska and these other schools are going to be in a deal with us over 100 million? I mean, I – Still a to giant me, gap. The, to me, and, and, and you look at all the other programs, not just football, volleyball, track, baseball. It's not a great ball, baseball conference. I get it. But there's stability within the entire athletic department community for Nebraska and the schools and the Big Ten. Nobody is worried about stability in the Big Ten. Okay? The Big 12 is always going to have that. And bringing those four schools in, yes, it rounds out your roster but it just does not have the same cachet as it once did. And yeah, Oklahoma and Texas might struggle on the SEC, but they're going to get paid. They're going to get, yeah, they're going to get theirs. And so are their players. Bill. I mean, when you look at this, this move from Nebraska now with uh, over 10 years of hindsight, where do you think it ranks in like the the history of college football? Do you think it's going to go down as a a defining moment kicking off? I mean, really a, a decade of, uh, conference expansion and conference realignment, or, or was this written in the stars anyway? It was going to happen whether or not Nebraska kicked it off. It, was Nebraska going to be stuck in a dying Big 12, I guess I should say, if they hadn't left? Or do you think if Nebraska hadn't left, the, the entire landscape of college football would, would look completely different to what we see today? You know, that's a good question. And I, I think maybe there would be much more stability in the Big 12, and maybe you wouldn't have had Texas A&M looking to leave like it did. 
Uh, the Longhorn Network certainly pushed them out the door with Bill Burns saying, we're not going to you know, play second fiddle. These guys, see you later. We'll go get this money with some stability in the SEC. Um, and they fit in reasonably well there in the SEC, better than Colorado in the Pac-12, better than Missouri in the SEC. Mm -hmm. And that one, again, they're the ones who started it all. But, you know, given Nebraska's, you know, geographic limitations, as were always pointed out, but for Nebraska to get into the Big Ten and get some semblance of stability and, and money <laughs> and all of that, uh, it's still, given what was going on in, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it's a move that had to be made because Nebraska would be living through uncertainty for the last 15 years. Yeah, maybe there'd be some more wins on the football field, but there would be uncertainty. And I don't think Nebraska fans would have been tolerating that very much. But maybe maybe other teams on the left. I don't know. But Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports at Bill Dolman on Twitter. And be sure to uh, check out this video stream uh, on uh, Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, as well as the ESPN Lincoln Twitter uh, handle at ESPN Lincoln. It's where you can see the, uh, the this second hour. Billy D, have a great Easter, brother. We'll uh, check in next week, and we will draw up where we kick off the uh, the tavern tour. We will, <laughs> we will get that going. Roddy's in Fairbury, perhaps. All right, maybe a Fairbury starting point, kind of like the cannonball run. Let's do it. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much. Happy Easter. God bless. Go Big Red. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, and uh, the show going to be posted. Uh, different interviews, Java Chamberlain, Bill Dolman on the ESPN Lincoln Dot com on demand section. Find the podcast moments and segments there. Different parts with SoundCloud, uh, of course, on ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and uh, the full podcast. Uh, always subscribe and get to us with uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Subscribe to that or, uh, with Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, part of the Herd at Media Network, and a great selection of podcasts over 60 to go through and uh, make sure you download and listen. Uh, emails uh, were pretty fun today. Good stuff from Bill Dolman as he spent a lot of that second hour with us talking about Mitch Sherman's story about Nebraska climbing back up and uh, kind of being Nebraska again. And uh, Nebraska in uh, that conversation uh, with some of the, the who's who of college football this week, when you look at recruiting and FPI, that's nice. Nebraska also in the uh, the old category on the ledger of some teams that have really fallen off with college football, some for different reasons, some for some similar reasons, and that's 
uh, switching conferences. But it's fair to say, and not too crazy of a take, that while Nebraska could be going 8-4, and 9-3, and 10-2, and two, still in the Big 12, uh, the brand is still money, but would they be as, uh, as, as coveted? Say Nebraska had to go make a deal now and, and be a part of the, uh, the inner circle that may soon be the next 60, field of 64 post-NCAA that is going to be a, like a mega league of the who's who of college football. Nebraska's getting into that party with a minimal cover charge because they're in the Big Ten. Yeah, and because of the, the loyalty and, and the fan support that hasn't wavered at Nebraska, even despite a, a, a decade of incompetence, to be completely frank with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, the Husker fan loyalty is what would get them into that party, I, I think even more than being in the Big Ten. Yeah, sure, uh, you have the eyes in the Big Ten, but anyone who is forming a conference or uh, say Nebraska was looking for a new conference to join would look at the fan support and know you know, it does not matter if Nebraska is good or not. The eyes of the college football world, especially the Midwest, are, are still going to be on Nebraska. People are going to want to watch the Huskers play football, play basketball, play baseball, what have you. Uh, and, and that's going to get them really anywhere they want to go. Um, it, it's not the the program. It's not the team success. It's not the coaching. It's not the athletic department. It's the fans that make Nebraska go. And, and that's what would what would carry Nebraska into whatever super conference uh, maybe coming down the road. May is a, is a strong It's, it's word eyeballs. It's uh, folks going to games. It's brand. It's been the fan base that, that got you uh, to the Big Ten. And you were winning some football games, but the support's been there. We've got to map out this tour. I'm serious about it. We can knock out some road shows on Saturday. We probably will start in Lincoln somewhere. Uh, find our way to Omaha, then just make our way around the state. It'd be fun. I believe I've only ever hit bars in Norfolk and Rulo, Nebraska. Or the okay. two small towns. I've Actually, been, I've, I've been to one in Blair. I've been to the one in Columbus, the oldest bar in the state of Nebraska. Oh, yeah, Forgive me, uh, our friends in Columbus on News Talk 900, for not remembering it, but it's the oldest bar in Nebraska. We had to go uh, sample a beer there after one of Junior's baseball games. Back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Have a great Friday. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.